and welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast in a new year. Thank you for tuning in if you're tuning in on Facebook or YouTube or if you're listening to this on the uh, podcast apps, whichever one you're joining us from. Uh, it's been, a, what, like two weeks, I think, since our last episode, and uh, that last episode was kind of heavy, to be quite honest. Um, I could really feel the culmination of the year um, starting a couple weeks ago. It's been a rough one for everybody, <laughs> right? That's an understatement. <laughs> But regardless, we are approaching and entering into a new year. And there's some important things that come along with that. Some expectations that we all place on the new year. And I think it's important to talk about that today. So that's going to be our focus today is expectations. But first, um, I am joined here. I mean, well, first of all, I'm not in my uh, normal place of recording. I have been in uh, Phoenix, Arizona here for the last two weeks uh, with my parents celebrating the holidays. And so today I am broadcasting from their house in Surprise, Arizona, and I am joined by my mother, who I love very much. Uh, If she wants to say hi, she can say hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Happy New Year. So um, one of the things I want to do with this podcast, um, one of the things I've noticed as I've watched it and listened to it myself is there's a necessity to bring in other perspectives. And moving forward into the new year, that's one of my goals, one of my resolutions, is to continue to develop what I've started here, um, to push it to a new level, a higher level, to expand it, not only myself, but everybody else. Now, I want to start off with a couple quotes. Both my mother and I, uh, I, I told her to go find a quote on expectation, and I did the same myself, and we both picked out two different quotes. I'm going to read the first one, we'll go over that, and we'll go to the next one and have a conversation. Expectation feeds frustration. It is an unhealthy attachment to people, things, and outcomes we wish we could control, but don't. That's a quote by Dr. Steve Maraboli. I'm trying to figure out why I want to talk about expectation today. Because if you look on Facebook and you look around basically anywhere right now, around the new year, what you'll see is a lot of expectation. (laughs) Right? A lot of people looking forward to the new year. I am as well. I think that this new year is going to provide novel experiences, ones that I'll be able to grow through them and you'll be able to grow from in ways we probably can't imagine right now. Similar to the last episode when I was showing you my resolutions from last year, talking through those, and how I had absolutely zero clue, and I get emotional just talking about it in the moment, how I had zero clue what was about to happen, how this world was about to change. I feel like there's a lesson in that. That there's a necessity for each of us to temper our expectations. Now, I don't say this to bring anybody down. I don't say this to be negative. I say it because I believe it's a necessity for you and for me, for everybody else in this world. That expectation does feed frustration. It is an unhealthy attachment of sorts to the external things in this world 
that in some ways aren't real. Not in the way we like to think about them. And if we focus too heavily on the future, the past, right now we're focusing on the future. If you focus too heavily outside of yourself, outside of the present, what you'll do is try to exert a certain type of control over the world, over other people, over yourself. That's like fundamentally impossible. You can create inside a person a certain type of lunacy, a breakdown. It can lead you to that dark place. And this is why we're talking about it today. Now, I'd like to go over the other quote that we brought in today. And this was the one that my mom uh, found. Would you like to read it yourself, Mom? Okay. So, this one is by Dale Carnegie. And Dale, Dale Carnegie is a very interesting person. He's, um, he's created a series of courses. Uh, many of you may be familiar with them, but they're based in their leadership courses. Um, they're designed to pull out of the individual the leadership qualities if they exist there. It's important differentiation. It's not meant to make leaders. It's meant to call out leaders. But this is a quote from Dale Carnegie. It's a deep one. It's a little bit of a tongue twister and a mind twister at that. He says, remember, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Hmm. <laughs> remember, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. What does that mean? Right? Well, in some ways it speaks of your ability to access these non-real places, the past and the future your ability to leverage them in some way, right? That what he's talking about is in some ways the way we carry forward worry. We perpetuate it, right? Through keeping ourselves in this future and past mode, we fail to see the blessings directly in front of us. The things, the tools that are there. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional saying that. I think it's because it's painful to watch people do this to themselves. Including myself. That there's an energy in this time. And it's partially why I haven't gotten on here until now, these last couple weeks, because it's been so intense, the expectation that's been building here for all of the pain and the suffering and the hurt that people felt in 2020 to go away with the flick of a switch, with the turning of a clock, as if the universe gives a shit about clocks. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? Why is it important to, f to think about this? It's so that you set yourself up properly to see those things we're talking about, we're outlining. To not miss anything. We've talked about that before. You have to open up your, your ears. You have to open up your eyes. 
And what that, that entails is seeing everything and hearing everything that the world has to offer, including all of the horrible things that the world has to offer. That you're the thing that can handle that. That's why you're here. But that when you place yourself, when, when you allow your expectations to color your perspective, you damn yourself in a, in a very specific way. Like I was saying, these couple weeks, the energy's been building. It's been confusing. I've been trying to work, sort through it. Because I feel it in myself. I'm tired. You know, I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm sad. And I don't want to feel those things anymore. Nobody does. But I also have to take into account everything else I've said before this. The things that have helped me along this path, that have helped me grow. I can't deny those things. And they're exactly the things that inspired those feelings I just went through. That what you need to grow is the hurt. The pain, the suffering. When have you ever grown from being comfortable? When has anybody ever grown from being comfortable? All you see is people degrade. So that it really is dumbfounding why we wish for comfort. Why we wish away our pain and suffering. Why we feel sad for other people who are suffering. Why do you feel sad for them? That's part of life. It's part of their journey. In some way, you feeling as if it's not necessary is you exerting yourself as somebody that would be able to discern what is. That's pride. He's tricky. Expectation feeds frustration. It is an unhealthy attachment to people, things, and outcomes. We wish we could control, but don't. What do you control? Honestly. If you're honest with yourself, it hurts to admit this, <laughs> but you barely control yourself. That there's... Things inside of you, proto-personalities, sub-personalities that pop out. We like to pretend as if we're in control of ourselves. We're not animals in any way. We don't react in anger, frustration, hunger, jealousy. But that these are a part of the human being. Not only are they a part of the human being, they are necessary to the human being. So that the best thing you can do 
is embrace the qualities that live inside all human beings. We've identified those. What makes me the same as you and my mom and my dad and everybody else in this world? We can all feel the things we've been talking about. We can all feel how out of control those things can make us, those, those little sub-personalities can make us. I think the only thing we do have control over is ourselves. Exactly right. That's all that you can control. I agree. That there's... There's no... That's the whole point. And also, it's at a deeper level, why would you... Would you want to control anything else? And you have to th- like think about that as well. That's, that's the other part of expectation as well. What would you want to control besides you? <laughs> yeah. In what ways would you be enough to do that? Right? I have to say, when I first woke up this morning, I was felt kind of excited because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wow, you know, a new year. And then you think about, but I, I think that's kind of silly. To, it's just another day, really, when you think mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just a few hours from yesterday, and there really isn't much that's changed in those few hours, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to think that we're all going to wake up this morning and all of this other stuff is going to be gone is ridiculous (laughs) it's ridiculous exactly so you just have to keep you know you just yes you have to hope and pray that things are going to be better and in some cases they will be but they may they may not that's we don't have any control over that when defined better right true for everybody that's going to be different yeah which is why better is a hard thing right why expectations are dangerous in another way. Well, that's what causes disappointment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's also, the expectation is partially what calls people to go and act in very specific ways, right? Right. And if you, you just pointed out a very important, important point, I think, that everybody has very individual lives. And everybody's vision in some way, we know this, is very individual. What they dream for their life is very individual. What they want out of life is very individual. So that trying to imagine a world in which expectation is the way you manifest something like that, it doesn't make any sense. How could a world that complicated exist? How could everybody get what they want at the same time? Right? And also, like you, you brought up the idea of time in a way, right? It's just a few minutes mm-hmm. separating us from now and then. Like now and now and now and now. We're creating past every single second. Right. Right? Now expand that out. Now and now and now and now. Go backwards with that idea. What's changed? Ever. What makes you and me and you different than the people that lived 2,000 years ago? Is there any difference between the person that lived 1,000 BC and somebody that's living in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Do you? 
fundamentally. Hmm. Well, I think in a way, I think in a way, yes, we are a lot different. I think only because of our surroundings and what's different in our surroundings surroundings has made us different. Yes. Fundamentally, yes, we're still the same humans we were then, but we are all different because we've evolved because of our surroundings. We've had to, or mm-hmm. we've chosen to, whatever the case may be. We have to be different because our surroundings are different. Yeah. Some good in some good ways and some bad. That and I agree with you. There's also a weird way in which recognizing the truth you just said can lead you to expect to feel like the way you experience life is different than people used to, right? And in some ways, maybe that is true. We've gone over this: the development of religion and spirituality throughout history, the ways. People used to deify the world in a certain way. In a, in a very weird way, people were much closer to the gods in ancient times. They believed that they were manifested in this plane as well, that they were around us, that they lived through things like trees, the earth itself, all of the celestial bodies above us, that we are kind of like visitors in a godly neighborhood. <laughs> in a weird way. But that as we've gotten further down this line, as we've had one new year after another, after another, after another, each year, human beings have done the same thing. They place an expectation on the next one. A certain type of vision. And that's led us to where we are now. So I guess in some ways I'm arguing against what I just said earlier. And that I'm arguing for a necessity for expectation in some way. Well, I think that's the only way you grow as an individual is you have to expect more out of yourself Mm. than you did the day before. That's how people grow and become better, I guess. I don't know if that's the best choice of words, but the only way to do that is to expect more of yourself. Yeah. When you just keyed in on it yourself. There's something to placing the expectation, keeping it in your own neighborhood. (laughs) Right? In your own spheres of influence. Honestly, probably just with you. What can you control? Right? But we have a tendency to push this expectation outwards. Especially if you're in a place of pain. When there's suffering going on, because there's suffering that happens to you that is completely and utterly out of your control. You may like, not like to admit that, but a lot of suffering is this way. People pass away. People get sick. You don't control that. Nobody does. No person does. We have a lot of people out there saying they do right now. I think we have a lot of people out there being proven wrong right now (laughs) there's an egoism that's being exposed in this in this time frame 
It's being exposed in many different ways. The ego of the individual that doesn't want... That seemingly only cares about enjoyment, right? About getting going on with their lives. About getting this pandemic thing over with. And so, you know what? The 20... And we've already seen this, right, guys? Like, look on the news. New Year's Eve parties, Las Vegas, everywhere. I mean, all these different places. They have people going out, going to superstores saying, you know, we're done. It's the new year. Done. 2020 is over with. Now we're going to go out there and we're going to do what we want to do. No more rules. Back to normal. Back to normal. <laughs> yeah. As if the universe gives a shit that it's 2021. <laughs> you know what I mean? The universe doesn't care about what time. Time doesn't exist. It's not real. You make it. I make it. She makes it in our head. Right now, and the time frame of the universe is no different than when Jesus lived or when the Cleopatra lived. I think actually it was the same time. Actually, that was, <laughs> that was kind of a. It was the same time. I think frame. Anyway, you get my point. That that's the expectation we're placing here. A lot of people are placing here is like we've been waiting, counting down. Oh man, you know, what was what was it initially, back in March? Where were your expectations at? Right? It'll show you how bad it is to assume things and how disappointed you'll become to do it. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember living here in Arizona. The word was that oh, when it gets nice and hot, our summer, it's going to kill the virus, mm-hmm. and the virus will be gone. Experts. <laughs> Ex- Right, right. (laughs) People in control. Egos. Right? (laughs) It's, It's funny. We trick ourselves. We really do. Then we blame the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. That's the funny thing, too. If you call yourself atheistic, who do you blame when shit goes wrong? That's the other side of that coin. Well, there's only one... If you're the center of the universe, who's to blame for everything? It's not God, because he doesn't exist, right? It's you. And how does that feel? (laughs) It inspires inside of you a certain type of feeling. If you let it build, it'll create a nihilism inside of you that will crush you. I promise you. I've gone down that road. Maybe my perspective's different. Maybe yours is, maybe you've, you did the same thing and it's in a much different way brought you to a, some kind of fulfilled life. If that's the case, I would love to talk to you. Because I really truly want to know what that perspective is. But in my experience and from watching the people that I know and love, who hold those beliefs, there's something like a breakdown happening right now. Right? People's worlds are being rocked right now. Yes. <laughs> suffering. The suffering that's the hardest to handle is the ones that we, the type of suffering we create for ourselves. Right? It's very, it's the hardest type of suffering to identify. You know, it's easy to say that, yes, there's horrible things that happen out there in the world. And at a certain aspect, we're out of control of things. It's almost like a, it seems like a cop-out answer, right? So it's like, okay, well, then there's stuff, there's suffering that you create too for yourself. Let's look at that. Like we were talking about going back in March. 
It'll be over within two weeks. That was the initial one, right? Lock down real quick. Lose all your freedom. It's okay, you're not losing your freedoms. Just two weeks. <laughs> then a month goes by. Then two months. Then you hear what my mom was talking about. Summer's gonna be the end. Everything will be back to normal. Four months, five months. All the while, you suffer because you place your expectation in a finish line that doesn't exist. You create the finish line. Because the secret is there isn't one. I guess the thing that's that I have a hard time understanding is when people talk about suffering. And as you said, there there is some horrible suffering. There are people that are very sick and there are people that are dying and that is a horrible thing. But some people's idea of suffering is that they can't go out and do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I just find that so yeah. shallow that that's what is their suffering. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's a different perspective, but I guess that just shows you how people have different values and, and different prices that they put on either material things or maybe their whole world is only materialistic and you're taking that away from them and they are suffering. Mm. And it, it's, I guess that just shows everybody's suffering is different. doesn't mean that it, it's not warranted and, and you feel bad for people that are going through any kind of suffering, but it puts suffering in a totally different perspective. Yes. Suffering is as, indi- as unique and individual as the person. Right. It's, it's, it, that, that's, what, that's what gives it meaning. It's so specific to each person. You can't belittle anyone's suffering no. because to them it's horrible. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can't even think that there's a worse suffering than, than losing a loved one or having, you know, someone be really sick. But unfortunately to some people... <laughs> Losing materialistic things is their worst kind of suffering. Yes. (laughs) And it's placed there for a reason. That's the part that's... This is part of my belief. But it's actually what gives me the courage to confront the suffering that I've experienced in my life and the suffering that's going to come. It's part of the message I want to try to relate to, to people today. And there's going to be, like my mom was just going over, there's some very specific types of suffering ones that I haven't experienced yet in this this year makes it very easy for me to talk about in this way but they also understand how difficult if you've lost somebody how difficult it is to rationalize that in your head nearly impossible right but I also believe you wouldn't lose people if you weren't able to lose people you know you're going to right you know you're going to lose people throughout. That's part, that is part of life. Nobody gets a... There's no get-out-of-jail-free card here. Everybody has the same endpoint. It's very odd that one of the goals of modern science is to eliminate that endpoint, right? What are we trying to do right now? Live forever. <laughs> As if we don't already live forever. <laughs> It's the funniest part of it. But hey, we want to play the game like this is all, that's it. Sure, let's try to extend this. Funniest thing is, 
What if this is the worst place? You don't know. What's on the other side of that door, right? Do you remember? Were you scared of being born? You don't remember, <laughs> right? But that I've said this before, that I truly believe that birth and death, the reason that those two things, there's a place we can't see beyond both ends of those, right? We can't discern what is past the door, the death door, and we can't discern what's before the birth door. That that makes those two things incredibly similar. <laughs> so that in some way, they're probably connected. I'm not saying that this means that you're going to come back in this lifetime or whatever it is. I'm just saying that I'm not willing to accept that this plane of existence, that this world is the best thing you can expect. I, in my belief, I tend, I tend to think that this world is actually kind of a test for people. I think this is how the soul grows. And that growth is painful. You get growing pains when you're a kid, don't you? You need it. The soul needs it. We all need this. That's why you have suffering. It's to show you that you're the thing that can handle it. You can lose people. You know you can. You, you'll still go on. The craziest thing about losing someone is that they don't die in the way you think about it. They go on as a part of you. Nobody's ever dead. We are all so integrally connected to each other that inside of me, lives not only my mother and my father, but my grandparents and their grandparents and their grandparents all the way down the line. It's also, I think, partially why I can say when I feel something, I can understand why you feel it too. We all come from the same source, right? Even if you try to think about it biologically, trace it back. There's a single ancestor for all of this, correct? It also gets the idea of why you can relate to animals and empathize with them. Why you can get nostalgic for places you've never been. Because inside of you lives the memory of every single person that's come before you. It's what makes you, you. And why every single person that is living on this earth is a miracle. It is miraculous that you are sitting here right now. From a scientific perspective, it's hard to understand how that would happen. That to survive first is like the hardest thing any biological thing can do. And that in order for you to be sitting here, not only did every single one of your human ancestors have to reproduce correctly and survive and raise that young, <laughs> but also 
The things that aren't even human had to do that in a successful chain, a very specific one, that if even one of those individuals failed, you would not be sitting here right now. Or at least the version of you that you know and like and love. <laughs> I've talked about this before in terms of evolution. That I've said as we came up to this uh, 2021 that I feel as though there's an evolution of sorts that's coming to a culmination. Not like there's going to be some event or something that's like, oh yeah, everything's fixed. No. But that I do believe there's a significance to this time. That we each, very in a very individual way, through our suffering, are being called to a higher purpose, a higher existence, a leveling up of sorts. The way you do that is to embrace your suffering. You don't want to miss anything. You don't want to miss anything. It's like if you were, if you were approaching the, your life itself and your life from a scientific perspective, trying to take in as much data as you possibly can, why would you take out, exclude an entire section of it just because it feels bad? Why would you run from that? Why would you try to explain it away as evil? Why wouldn't you say, hey, is that there to help me? Am I supposed to respond properly? And how did my ancestors handle this? We just talked about this earlier. What makes you different than somebody that lived 2,000 years ago? That's what I was getting at. Fundamentally, you are no different. Those people were faced with the same challenges. In, in many ways, much harsher times. <laughs> time frames where there was tens of thousands of wars going on. Where you were lucky to live to 35. Where every day was a fight just to eat. Right? That's a type of suffering you couldn't place an expectation on for the new year to go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, in 1001 BC, no more hunger. You know what I mean? Like, no. No more war. No. But that, and maybe this is, we're getting to the value of expectation here. Hmm. It's something like every every civil every generation pushes the ball up a little bit, but every civilization to do that every every generation has to set themselves up for failure, <laughs> because the way they institute that push up is by setting up an expectation for a world that won't be there in their lifetime. Oh, this is it, right? <laughs> Here, let me read something to you guys real quick. Sorry. Um, let me look this up really quick. But I posted, I, I was out eating with my father the other day. And we went to, oddly enough, we went to uh, Culver's, right? The burger joint. We're eating there. And I walk, and oftentimes, you know, my spiritual side, the way that I, the way that I communicate with the things that are out there that I've talked about to you about before is in very weird ways. It's very subtle. They leave messages for you, but you have to look for them. And I was, in Culver's <laughs> with my dad and we're sitting there and I went to sat, sit down at a 
at a booth and I look up and in a fast food chain restaurant, there's this quote. And it says, a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they will never sit in. That this is the purpose. That the best thing you can do is that. To make things better for the next generation. Mm -hmm. That's why it's such a sin, not only against yourself, but against every single person that's going to come after you to focus only on the way you're suffering and how to eliminate that suffering. Right? You're supposed to leverage that suffering. Formulate a certain type of expectation. But one that makes you something that's more stable, truthful, loving, honorable, something of an example, but also iterates that out forward. Like a mode of being. It's like it outlines a certain way to live life, right? <laughs> right? How do you do something? That benefits you, but also your kids and their kids and people you don't even know that are going to come after you. If that, I don't know a greater challenge than that. Or a better purpose for the human being. A more honorable one. The society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they will never sit in. You see this in a lot of popular figures, a lot of popular thinkers throughout history. Most of them, not only were they not appreciated in the time frame they lived in, a lot of times they were murdered, imprisoned, all of that, right? That it takes a certain type of strength, certain type of foresight, certain type of faith for you to be strong enough to plant a tree that lasts It's everlasting. That's carried on, carried forward, that lives in the people that you that come after you. Those trees many times are ideas. They're modes of being. They're philosophies. If you don't take that quote literally as literally a tree that will shade people, if you think of it in a way that they are doing something that's going to be better for people, you know, younger than them. They have the foresight or the desire to try to think, make, to make things better. Mm -hmm. And that each of us is supposed to do that in some way, I think. Is right. that I, maybe what I'm talking about is that the, the importance of this time frame is to turn on something like that inside of, like, how else... If you wanted to institute the best system of government politically, what better way to do it than to have every single individual focusing not on themselves but on the future people that are going to come, right? What do you want a government to do? Why do you have people so concerned about global warming? What's one of the arguments they usually use? Do it for our children, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has a specific calling. Everybody has a specific way that they can enact this, that they can plant a tree doesn't mean you have to be a philosopher. I think perspective, too, is a gift that you're given, I think, by 
your own um, experiences. Mm -hmm. For instance, people, if you've ever had a relative or if you've ever sat down and spoken to somebody that's, what, in their 90s and 100s, and you listen to what they've gone through in their life and all of the horrible things that they've gone through, you know, I had an aunt that lived through the uh, the Spanish flu and then World War II and the Great Depression and then all of the things that we've lived through. But if you take all of those things that those people have lived through and still have somewhat of an optimistic outlook on life, I mean, that's a totally different perspective than, you know, some people don't ever have that privilege. They don't ever have the chance to talk to people that have, have gone through that or so maybe it's hard for them to, to understand. There's a certain type but, of, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just if you listen to other people, like, you know, the one quote that, you know, one article that, that you and I wa- listened to today, Chris. Mm-hmm. I have it pulled up. A 95-year-old man and all of the things that he lived through and you think, wow. <laughs> and he still is thankful hmm. for the things he's gone through in his life. And you're like, some people are pretty selfish <laughs> when you think about what they are complaining about and that they have nothing to be thankful for, but yet you look at someone like that. Oh, yes. It's pretty selfish. <laughs> There's a certain amount of grace you see in those individuals, right? Right. They carry themselves with a certain type of grace because they know they're the right. thing that can get through those things as yeah. well. I'm glad you Wouldn't brought you up like that. Wouldn't you like to have that strength? Huh? You, you do. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing. You're no different than them. You do. You have that strength inside of you right now. You have to let it out, <laughs> right? I'm glad you brought that up, Mom, because I was—I almost forgot that article, but I want to go through and read this for you guys. It's going to take a couple minutes here, but bear with me, all right, because I do think it's an important perspective for us to share right now. My mom is the one that shared me with, with this, this with me this morning. Um, the- and to be honest, when I first read it, I was kind of like confused. I don't know why I was, I was a little agitated. I don't know if you noticed that. When you handed me the phone, I don't know why I was agitated, but it was almost like I was, I don't know. Anyway, I, it hit me when I was taking a shower, getting ready for this, that, oh, we're supposed to talk about that (laughs) kind of a thing, right? It's a good perspective. This is an article on USA Today. I will post this in the show notes so you can read it yourself. This is not my work or my mom's work. This is Evan Oswald, an opinion uh, contributor who wrote this and it's uh, interviewing a um, man, I, they're gonna go, they'll tell us his name I'm assuming here. Um, anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and read this. This is a story basically of the man's life and his perspective on COVID-19 and the year that has passed. At 95, I don't fear dying. Let's keep the COVID-19 pandemic in perspective. This is the subtitle. I know many my age are afraid to die from COVID-19, but I don't. Not that I'm not cautious, but attitude is a choice. You find wisdom in people that have gone through things. It just pours out of them. To say I've seen a lot in my 95 years is an understatement. Those of us who are, are dang near a century old have a few stories to tell. Just ask us. We often don't. If you asked me a year ago if I'd seen it all, I would have said yes. After all, I've lived through World War II, the Great Depression, Vietnam, 9-11, and multiple recessions. I've seen civil riots, natural disasters, and decades of political discord. I watched Americans moonwalk, including Michael Jackson, and the evolution of space-age computers. I dodged the Asian flu, swine flu, HIV, and Ebola. 
As a career educator and coach, I've built countless athletic programs, mentored and coached thousands from college to Olympic level. I've been married for a total of 60 years and outlived both wives. I've had my share of loves and losses to include children. Despite my challenges, I'm one of the more optimistic people you'll meet. I carpe diem and encourage others to do the same. I don't fear COVID, but I'll take the vaccine. I was the first paid activities, activities director at Glencroft Senior Living in Glendale, Arizona, where I still live today. For 10 years, it was my job to encourage residents to get out and live, not just wait for the inevitability, or the inevitable, excuse me. At Glencroft, we eat, pray, exercise, learn, create, laugh, and cry together. The freedom to bond with our peers is something we took for granted until now. We understood it was necessary when Glencroft, Glencroft locked down. Heck, they did a lot to keep us safe. They delivered meals and activities, distributed masks and sanitizer. The staff often checked in on us. The broadcast workouts to our rooms so we could stay active. Despite their efforts, I missed my old routine and my friends. Even the church was shut down. I'm very much into my church program. Isolation made me struggle with negative thoughts for the first time in my life. Think about what this man's been through. How significant of a statement that is. I didn't expect that. At 95, there aren't many firsts left. <laughs> I know many are afraid of COVID-19 as it hits our population harder than most. Many my age are afraid to die, but I don't fear it. When I hear of others passing from COVID-19, I know that that's, that's just the way of life at this end of it. I'm not hardened by it. I'm just ready for it. When the vaccine comes, I'll take it like I take the flu shot and I'll see what happens. I'm cautious. I wash my hands and wear a mask. The possibility of getting sick is always there. You have to discipline yourself. It's easy to become complacent. What I'd say to the younger generations. On a global scale, I'm disappointed by the lack of collaboration in 2020. My wish would be that the whole world would work together. But the way politics are, there isn't much hope for that. Political parties don't want the other side to achieve anything. As for the racial unrest we've seen this year, I don't think there's any comparison between now and the civil rights era. I found a recent map showing the rate of hate crimes across America. It looks like the U.S. has a bad case of measles. My advice to the younger generation is you need to be involved and express yourself by voting. To attack the next guy if he disagrees with you isn't going to get you far. You can't just hammer a guy. There are a few things in life, even in religion, where extremes are too much. Attitude is a choice. I have a choice to be happy or sad, fearful or optimistic, to enjoy living or to sit around and wait to die. People ask me if there's anything left on my bucket list. My bucket doesn't have a bottom. I'll never get it all done. In 2021, I'll embrace whatever comes my way. I just hope I can still drive. <laughs> <laughs> Wishing you all a ha healthy and a very happy new year from the not-so-silent generation. That is Evan Oswald. He's 95 and he's a resident of Glendale-based Glencroft Center for Modern Aging. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? It's very hard to read through something like that and not have this kind of emotion come through. And it's an odd thing. It's very important to look into your emotions when they appear. Why are you feeling this way? 
Why are there tears going down my face and my mom's? It's not sadness. Is it for you? Uh -uh. It's a form of beauty. It's a form of truth. It's a form of truth and a perspective you can only get by suffering. I embrace whatever comes my way. That's what we all need to do right now. Let's make our expectation for 2021. Something like... Let's take the suffering that will be in 2021... And figure out how it's supposed to lead us. How it's supposed to make us grow. Why it's there. Why it inspires pain inside of us. To ask the hard questions. To be comfortable in those uncomfortable places. To allow yourself to let go of your ego. Of who you've been before this. Of the expectations that idea of who you are has placed on you. That's the other aspect of this as well. Expectation a lot of the times is built out of our egos, out of what we think we want, not what we need. So that we were just watching an episode last night, The Twilight Zone, right? The old Twilight Zone movies. Yeah. Or shows. We were watching one very, and it's such a good one. <laughs> um, It was the one, the one I'm thinking about specifically was this gentleman, he kind of lived a bad life, right? He was a, was a robber and he was, he would, he's, it starts, the show starts out and he's in robbing a bank or something like that and it shows a guy laying there, he probably killed him. He runs out of the bank and the cops are chasing him and firing at him and he's going to, to climb the wall and the cops end up shooting him, right? And you just see him fall down and then all of a sudden, a couple seconds later, this guy walks up and kind of taps him and is like, hey, and uh, he wakes up and guy proceeds to kind of uh, take him through and explain to him that you can have whatever you want and the guy's and like you well, do have whatever you want yeah he's like well, where am i and he doesn't really answer and he's like i must be in heaven i must be in heaven that's the only i'm getting everything i want i can have all the riches the cars the women the the, the booze the money the gambling i can win every single time i put a, a quarter into the the slot machine anything i want i can have and you see this man almost fall into a madness over it this ecstasy of like finally everything i want is here why'd you make me wait so damn long kind of an idea <laughs> right but what you see happen in that episode is him start to get bored real quick he starts to realize that the things he thought he wanted it's actually not what was fulfilling Still him. didn't feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Because he was placing those expectations, he was building those expectations out of an identity that wasn't real. It wasn't him. It never was. That you see in that, that guy, that somebody was, was willing to commit a robbery, willing to murder somebody, has to be wrapped in some sort of prideful ego thing. Mm -hmm. how, do you be, how can you be that audacious to take somebody else's life or to take their livelihood from them? So that that thing isn't him. That every individual truly is born 
unadulterated. That within you, another episode we watched, there's the child version of you. That's the unadulterated soul just sitting there begging to come out. But that we are so eager to hide ourselves from the world that we even forget we forget that our ego is in us and that we actually will make an expectation out of it and we set ourselves up for not only disappointment but a kind of suffering it's an eternal suffering because you repeat it right over and over and over and over again until you get tired and you let go and you humble yourself and you say okay instead of telling you what i want i'm going to let you figure it out and i'll accept whatever comes trust that maybe somebody else out there has a better idea of what's good for me or maybe if you don't want to anthropomorphize it the universe in its infinite complexity has a better means of figuring out what the right path is for me than even I do so that what you can place your expectation in is something like the suffering right I think when I woke up this morning I you know how most people have a new year's resolution for the new year and I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind I figured well <laughs> I never keep him anyway, so why bother? <laughs> but I thought, you know what? I'm not even, whatever happens is going to happen. I'll deal with it. But my new, I think what struck me this morning is to look back on the last year and realize there's a lot to be thankful for. Hell yeah, there is. <laughs> so that's, I'm going to look back on last year, and, and I was the first one to say I can't wait till this year's over, but look back on it and just dwell on what I'm thankful for that did happen last year. Because you're sitting here, right? Yep. And people that we know and love who got the virus that survived. That's a lot to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. So... That's my New Year's resolution, I guess, is to not have one for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> That's one you can probably... That, that one I can keep. You can keep that one. Yeah, <laughs> I can too. <laughs> but that's a very good perspective, and I appreciate that perspective. I think that's something similar to what I'm getting at here. Don't be too hard on yourself. Embrace everything that's happened for what it is. Accept it. Accept your suffering. Allow it to flow through you. Allow you to feel it too. Don't run from it. It's going to hurt. In a 45-minute time frame, both me and my mom have cried like five times. <laughs> right? It's okay. It's okay to show people emotion. It's okay to let it out. This year has been hard. Life is hard. It's supposed to be. <laughs> and I think with that, that's going to be the Unfounded Podcast, guys. I want to thank you very much, Mom, for coming Thanks. on here. <laughs> thank you. It really, really is... Um, so valuable to have another perspective and uh i truly hope that all of you listening out there um if that you're able to have a similar kind of conversation with the people that you love right 
they're there for you. Talk to them. Share with them how you feel. How this year has pulled you apart. And how you're going to prepare for the next one. Okay? And know that there's a whole lot of people out there. Not just people. But there's somebody out there that loves you a whole lot. Alrighty? Lots of love. Bye-bye.